on this episode of Shoe Zone, you're going to get to see my take on the Battle of New York and the Atlantic Division and what's coming in the future, along with who the new king of the NBA is, the NBA playoffs preview, and of course, Shoe Zone's going to be finishing it off. But you're not going to want to miss what special guest Quincy Taylor has to talk about in the rising Arizona basketball and how him, along with guys like Marvin Bagley, Mitch Lightfoot, Marcus Howard, and Brandon Clark helped groom these young players into who they are today, along with his career and what he plans to do in the upcoming months and for the rest of his professional career. Stay tuned. It's a not-miss episode. How's everyone doing today? I hope that everyone has had a blessed Easter weekend and is ready to tackle another great week ahead. I'm your host, Zach Shoes Shoemaker, and I'm so glad and excited that Shoes Views gets to be a part of your week. I'm here in Gilbert, Arizona, ready to bring you guys up to date on the NBA, my views, all on episode 8. Now, for all you Arizona hoop followers and lovers that live in Arizona, you're not going to want to miss what Quincy Taylor has to bring to the table today as we discuss his career, basketball career, along with so many different Arizona basketball players and the evolution of the game of basketball here. It's been a very wild week going on with the playoffs and so much more, and I've got my hot takes that I cannot wait to share with you guys and get off my chest. So let's get right into this. The very first topic I'm going to get into today is something that, yes, interests me a lot, but I've been bringing my attention looking at the upcoming free agency. Now, yes, before free agency starts, I will have my own episode directed completely towards the free agents, their possible destinations, also a team outlook. But with that being said, I want to get into something. A lot of people talk, of course, about the LA, uh, the two LA teams, Clippers and Lakers. I've gotten to that already. Now I want to talk into that New York Knicks versus Brooklyn Nets in depth. Here's my first thing. When you look at this, in my opinion, the big free agents are Kyrie, KD, and Jimmy Butler in terms of who's going to New York teams. Kawhi, we believe, is just staying in Toronto, going to Clippers or Lakers, something like that. As for those two, those are the big guys that you hear the most. The Kemba's in there a little bit about who's going to the Eastern Conference or who's staying or going to the Eastern Conference, staying in, the, in Gotham City. That being said, here's my take on this. Knicks will most likely land the number one pick, or they might get the number two pick and Phoenix gets the number one, which, as they've said, I'm not talking no more. They said they prefer job, which I've said I think they should, and I agree 100% with that. But if they get Zion Williamson, I understand Katie's, you can run him and you want him on the court. He's better than everyone, most likely. But I like the young core in New York. I don't, you guys know I'm not a Knicks fan whatsoever, but I got to admit, they've got a young core that this grouping of Mills, David Fisdale, and, and Scott Perry, and so on, has really put together a nice young core. You're going to have Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson and Lonzo Trier, which Trier might not be a part of the team because of the chemistry issues and locker room stuff that's come out in the last few weeks. But Robinson is something special, and you guys know how much I feel about him. He's in the next level kind of elite center. Kevin Knox can ball. You add Zion, great. Now you got Dennis Smith Jr. and you've got uh, Emmanuel Moutier, which Moutier is a free agent, but you can still look into getting him. As of right now, here's what you're looking at. The free agents for New York this year is Hazonia, Moutier is restricted, Cornette's restricted, Vonley, Trier is restricted, Hicks is restricted, DeAndre Jordan, Billy Garrett, and Kadeem Allen, which are both restricted. All right, you can also extend guys like Damian Dotson, Lance Thomas, John Jenkins, and Henry Allenson. So here's something that I'm looking at when you look at an outlook. You got Dennis Smith Jr. and you got Emmanuel Moutier. It could be a good backup. Da- Damian Dotson at your shooting guard. Trier is a good backup, which I think he'll thrive being a sixth man in his career. You have Kevin Knox and Zion Williamson at the three and four, followed by Mitchell Robinson at the center spot. 
That's a great young core, which I don't see why they break it up. Too many times New York goes all in on top guys and they may not even land them. Because that brings me to my next case. I truly do believe that the New York Knicks would screw up by getting Kevin Durant. And in my opinion, all due respect, as I've talked about and you guys watch my Instagram TV videos, I think that Kevin Durant would make the wrong move by not going to Brooklyn Nets. Yes, LA Clippers fit in great too, but the Brooklyn Nets have a perfect group for him. Now, I do believe that the Brooklyn Nets... I think that Kyrie and Kevin Durant want to play together. This was prior to this. Now, watching the way Kyrie plays and thrives with Boston and loving the city of Boston, being a Boston subject in the playoffs has been something special. They swept them 4 Do I think they're beating Milwaukee? No. But they did sweep Indiana in a very impressive game. I do think that Kyrie might be staying a Boston subject, folks, especially if they do get Anthony Davis. So all things aside, there's a guy named D'Angelo Russell. You guys should all know him by now. He's going to be a restricted free agent. Now, here's a quick breakdown on um, Brooklyn. Allen Crabb is a player option, which I believe he will be traded before the season starts. You have DeMar Carroll, D'Angelo Russell's restricted, Ed Davis, Rondé's restricted, along with Theo and Allen Williams, both restricted, and Jared Dudley. You can extend Levert, Napier, Joe Harris, and Travion this summer. That being said, here's what I'm looking at. If I'm Brooklyn Nets, you're keeping D'Angelo. He's your point guard. Karis Levert's back healthy. He needs to go in the weight room and get those legs strong because he has something special. You guys see the way he's playing this postseason? He is special. The crew of D'Angelo... And Levert is something special. Dinwiddie can thrive as a third guy. Even if Dinwiddie's not part of this team and they trade him off for something else, we can see that three guys can start to score 20 plus four guys for crying out loud because you saw Jared Allen. I think that this team is superlative and very, very talented if they do this. You have Jared Allen at the center. Then like I said, D'Angelo Karras at the 1-2. You can then follow that up with someone like Joe Harris or Rodi at this small forward power forward, Kevin Durant at the power forward. That team would fit out perfectly. Dinwiddie, guys like Joe Harris, DeMar Carroll, I think you need to re-sign along with Ed Davis. Fill it in. You got Nets picked. Yeah, they have three picks in the top 31. They have the uh, their pick, which is going to be, I believe, will either be a 16th or 17th. Will be the 17th pick now. You got Denver's pick, which is the 28th, I believe. 28th or 29th. And then you have the 31st pick, which is coming from the New York Knicks. You can trade up and get a lottery pick. Add that guy in there. They do need a forward if it's Kevin Durant or someone else. And then they need to keep a vet. Jared Dudley. Young player. That's how your team's going to look up. Because no one, everyone's forgetting John and Moose is someone that's going to be coming along. I don't expect Shabazz Napier to be staying along too much longer because you have Theo Pinson. Now, I also do hope that Derek Dolly stays with Brooklyn Nets for as long as possible because he is defining what the Brooklyn feeling is. This is a family here. And this is what I'm going to talk about. Brooklyn needs to be the most desirable place if I'm a free agent. They're a big market. They have all the tools you need. They have a young core that's winning a playoff game against a stacked super team in Philadelphia. They are competing. They are of hustle. Let me, listen to this. They play with heart. No one on that team is slacking on plays. Everyone's energized. The bench, even if they don't play, they're involved in the game nonstop. Jared Dudley sacrificed his body for a teammate, Jared Allen, that's been being hammered by Joel Embiid, not giving him any leverage whatsoever. Atkinson defended everyone. Sean Marsh gets suspended and fined for defending Kenny Atkinson, defending the team. Joe Sy, the owner, has also went and now just defended Sean Marks and, given, and said he'll pay the fine. He's going to help them out. This is a family. They're all playing as hard as they can for the fans and laying it all out. This is a thing that you cannot want, not want to be about. And you're telling me that Kevin Durant added on to this young core cannot win a championship? Even if Kyrie doesn't come with them. That is a championship caliber team. And once again, I believe that Crab will be moved this summer. So, that being said, why not move up with the Knicks and the Nets? This will be a robbery. And you guys think that this is, you guys really do think that this Philadelphia Brooklyn Nets series is a robbery? And he did? Yes, it is. Yes, indeed, it is. this whole Atlantic division is because mileages between the five teams are so short. They are so close to each other, closer than any other division is around the teams. There's rivalries, but this Knicks-Nets rivalry would be something special that you guys are not going to want to miss whatsoever. 
Now, I do believe, once again, that Kyrie and Katie do want to play, but I do believe Boston will stay in Boston. Now, listen to this. This is what the team you're looking at. You have Boston Celtics. We know what's going down there. Either they're having Tatum, Brown, so on and so on with young core, or they're going to go get Anthony Davis. They also have a ton of picks coming in the next couple of years from all the past trades. No one knows how these, teams keep, these, these picks just keep piling on. Toronto, we'll see what happens there. But they've got a young core. Siakam, you've got guys like Norman Powell stepping up big time. You've got Fred Van Vliet. You've got OG Ananobi that everyone's forgetting because he's out this first round. Of course, the Kyle Lowry and Kawhi stay around. You've got Marcus Sarr. You've got so many pieces. Then you go to Philadelphia. We know what those boys got down over there. And, of course, I just discussed the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks. There are special things brewing in the Atlantic Division that is not missed basketball. The, this potential next year, I believe, there could be five out of the eight teams will be out of the Atlantic. Already half the... Eastern Harvest players right now are from the Atlantic Division. This division is stacked, okay? It is stacked, and you're not going to want to miss what they are bringing to you. So once again, yeah, I think that New York should stay the way they are, building this young core up, and I think KD needs to come to Brooklyn. That is my complete take. The fact that he fits in perfectly there is great. I think that Kevin Durant has the potential to put his name alongside the greatest of all time, possibly even past LeBron James, where he is ranked in the all-time list. He is going to have the stats, the numbers, and all that. He might have these dream with Golden State, but not until he wins the championship as by far the best player. I do think he's still the best player in the Golden State Warriors, even above Steph Curry. But Curry's debatable. You bring in Brooklyn, D'Angelo, Harris, Jared Allen, all them will be great players, all-star level players, but then nowhere near the level of Kevin Durant. He will by far undoubtedly be the best player with a great surrounding crew who can win rings in a big market and forever go down in the history books. That's what I want to say about that. That's my take. I'll get more into all this later. But that truly is what I think needs to go down now. This is something special once again brewing in the Gotham City and New York. All right? This is what I'm saying. Big things are coming. Big things are happening. Players want to be a part of Brooklyn that's being talked about. And this Brooklyn team I love. I love them every time I watch them more and more and more. Because they play and love hard for each other. That's what they do. So that's what I want to say. New York, Gotham City is back. Basketball will be back next year. I promise, without a doubt, Gotham City will be flying with all sorts of talent, along with the Atlantic Division, with Boston, Toronto, and Philly also joining that party. Wow. It will be illogical, ludicrous, and comical if you're not going to want to be able to watch this team, this, this Atlantic Division play. It is going to be a show, and rivalries are back in the NBA, which I'll hit up in a little bit about these playoffs. That's what I got to say, folks, about this division. Stay right there because Shoes Views will be right back with a special guest for this week, my friend Quincy Taylor, as he talks about his basketball career and the rising stars and what's going on in Arizona hoops. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss it. This is a very special one that I promise you, you will all be entertained by. Stay right there. I'm, I'm excited to welcome a great friend, Quincy Taylor. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? Not too bad myself. Before we get into any more, though, I just want to wish you happy Easter, bro. Yeah, happy Easter, everybody. Happy holidays. Mm-hmm. So first thing, let's just, I guess you can just go and explain to everyone what exactly you do and how you're impacting basketball right now. Um, I'm just on the basketball scene, mostly on the West Coast, like Arizona and stuff. But um, I'm transitioning into a professional player. Um, I, I do a lot of work out here, whether it's like with charity from a Kenny Dobbs, he has, like, relentless athletes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, to um, hanging out with, like, B-Dot and stuff. That's, like, a good friend of mine. We do, like, videos. And, um, yeah. That. But other than that, man, I don't know. I'm just uh, having fun with, with basketball. I know it's sport that I love while I can. Yeah, for sure. 
guess we can get, we can go right into that then. So how exactly did you get to know Brian Armstrong or B Dot? Uh, just on the basketball scene, I'm, I'm I grew up playing basketball like on the West Coast of Arizona and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of uh, linked through Kenny. I don't know if you are too familiar with Kenny. Yeah, Dallas, yeah. But, yeah, he introduced me to him through through some celebrity games and stuff, and we we kind of sat down and really got to talk and uh. He's he's really like relative, you know. He's he's a young guy like around our age, you know. Who's who's trying to do the same thing that I am, you know? Yeah, for sure. So. How'd you or how was being in his music video? League me. Oh, it was it was it was fun. It mm-hmm. was it was exactly what it looked like. You know, we were just out there having fun. It was actually competitive, and during the video, you know, he like stopped playing and started filming the video. So it was four on five. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we had like a point to prove nobody wanted to lose if you pay attention for real. It's like everybody's sweaty. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but so I guess we can also talk into, I mean, you're obviously, as for me, you're one of the best dunkers I've seen. I mean, have you always had your bounce? Uh, Yeah. Um, Thank God, honestly. It's a God-given ability. I work for it as much as I can, mm-hmm. but I can't say, you know, um, it's not natural. Yeah. How what would you say is like your favorite part about dunking? Uh the finish. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can jump and sky all you want, but like there's nothing like being able to throw that ball through the rim. Which is why, you know, like I think I'm I'm so consistent at it. Like uh there's there's parts of my games where I, I don't post at all. Like I train a lot. I put up a lot of jump shots. It's just mm-hmm. flying through the air is like art, it's like poetry and emotion, you know. Being able to capture that now on like high tech cameras and stuff, you know, is is it's art, you know, mm-hmm, for sure. I mean, to be honest, like I know I've heard about you, people are talking all about you, but not until like a couple of weeks ago, like I was just looking through YouTube and one of your <laughs> Easy Finest mixtapes came up and all. I mean, my <laughs> brother and I were just like, holy crap! <laughs> I mean, oh uh, yeah, no, um, I'm a good, I'm a good basketball player. That's one thing that I don't want to get like overshadowed is mm-hmm. I do the dunks and stuff, but um, ultimately like I I plan on playing professional basketball. Yeah. Um, which is you know being around the people that I am, you know, even though it's kind of like a limelight, it should also prove like you know I've I've been around people that play like Brandon from you know Gonzaga, yeah, and other players like even that have been on the basketball scene in Arizona like Marcus, you know mm-hmm. Howard like other players so for sure so i guess we need that talking about brand some of them too what's it like seeing brand clark declare for the draft and most likely being able to be drafted in a lottery or some high pay high in the first round uh it's, it's a blessing i was just talking to him uh yesterday he's he, he just flew in actually mm-hmm. but uh he's he's excited you know um focused more than anything it's yeah yeah it's uh it's it's a blessing as a friend, you know, to be able to see him do this. Um, it motivates me to be, you know, my best player, which I plan, you know, on, on seeing him there eventually, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, especially for like a lot of guys like Marcus Howard and Brand are great examples. I mean, they came out of high school being well-known players, especially in the state or West Coast side. But, I mean, they both started off not – I mean, Marcus Howard, I know, started off as the third-string guard at Marquette and turned into one of the top guards in all NCAA basketball this year. And Brandon started at San Jose State and then moved up to Gonzaga and obviously had a heck of a year this last year and put himself in the NBA. I mean, it's just crazy to see how everyone develops in the right system. Yeah, it even goes back to, like, the younger kids like Marvin and DeAndre. Mm -hmm. The basketball scene in Arizona is kind of – 
I don't I don't want to say undermined, but people don't pay as much attention to it until kids get like a little bit older because For this sure. is like one of the running gun like scoring states. But there's there's a lot of talent that comes out of this place, like too much, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, just I, mean, I know. I mean, basically, start off off with the guys like you, Marvin, Mitch, um, Marcus, Brandon Clark, Saban, Barcelo. I mean, yeah, all you guys you can know. go on the list. Yeah, the mm-hmm. list from recent years, especially. Like, I'm really proud of like you know being a part of it. But the guys that pursued, you know, like that I watched after me. Mm-hmm. I mean, even now, like like you just said, I mean, this guy's up and coming. I mean, obviously, all the guys that shadowed Javon House, Shamar to the Hillcrest guys, Kyrie and uh, Daylin. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on. It's crazy. See, yeah, it's basketball from from the West Coast, especially Arizona. I want to kind of exclaim this is finally going to get a name, you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of deserved for a while. For sure. I mean, most of the time we've been known as a football. I mean, football keeps getting more and more props and all. I mean, I, of course, too. But, I mean, basketball's for sure on the rise. We're definitely a big sports state now. Yeah. But I guess the next thing we can talk about then, going back to, like, your dunks, now, what would be, say, your favorite or your best posterize you've ever had? Oh, man. There's, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of them. I've, I've been – I've been around a lot of players to play, uh, but uh, one of one of my greatest posters is probably not a poster. It's probably a picture that's like still on Max Preps. That's like debatable as a block. Mm-hmm. It's a picture of uh, me and Marvin. In the yeah, stage. they blew us out, man. It was <laughs> it was a tough game, but that was that was because you know Brandon was in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was that was one of the things I, I won't say hurt. Um, his ability out of high school, but you know, if we if he had been in that game, uh, being able to play and and display his like actual skill because he did it the whole year, but he yeah. wasn't able to do it against elite competition the second time. You know, mm-hmm. that was that was big. But I'm happy he's finally getting you know the credit he he deserves. He's played like that since he you know he's been like 12, 13. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what would you say would be like? What was it like playing with you and Brandon? Obviously, you guys both graduated the same year, right? Yeah. yeah. So how was it like playing all four years with him? Um, he 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 developed. You know, uh, he was always the player that he was, but he he blew up. You know, out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like Zylan, I've known Zylan Cheatham like since I I was in like eighth grade. He's a little bit older than me, which is one of the names I forgot to mention. Shout out to Zion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but like uh he was one of the players that uh, when I first came out here in like eighth grade, he was like one of the bigger, you know, guys. Like he was more developed for like his age. Brandon was just a you know like five foot ten kid and every year he just grew a few inches. And mm-hmm. he like kept his coordination and his skill, which was like big, you know, because he was never Shot blocker, but he had like great timing, and as he got mm-hmm. taller, you know that that part of his game expanded so well. Yeah, I mean, just seeing us like that stat. I mean, about his timing. I mean, he has more he had more block shots than he had missed missed shots this past year, which is something that's yeah been done like never <laughs> before. <nuts>. I mean, <laughs> that's almost impossible to think. Of. I think it was like they said David Robinson, Shaq, and the only guys would do that. I mean, those are yeah, two of the greatest of all time. <laughs> The efficiency rate, the efficiency rate that he plays, like with basketball, you know, is like, is is genuine. It's like an anomaly. It comes around like every few years, you know. Like he he's efficient. He doesn't take shots that he knows he he won't make. Mm-hmm. And then he on the defensive end, it doesn't matter who puts it up, you know. Like he's almost there to contest it and grab the rebounds. So. Uh huh. I mean, you just gotta think. I like, another one game when he played Duke in that tournament in the beginning of the year. 
I mean, they're going against guys that most high college guys, I'm more than positive. I mean, some even NBA players fear in terms of Zion. He was going right at him, trying to dunk on him and yeah. block his shots. And I think he even got a couple of blocks on Zion. Yeah, that's and that's that's another thing that I'm excited. This uh, this class coming up mm-hmm. was, you know, they they all play like really different. So it's gonna it's gonna be a a, a sight to see like them in the league this upcoming year. For sure. They all got different skill sets, especially like Zion. I'm excited to see like what he'll what he'll like become. Mm-hmm. Who do you think's gonna be the number one pick? Oh man, it, it almost has to be him. Mm-hmm. He's he's a next gen player for sure. I mean, I'd say just the way his like body's built, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd have to say between who the whoever the pick is, I think anyone besides Phoenix, the Phoenix case, I think they have to go with Jaw just because they need a point guard. But yeah, we need somebody so bad, man. Mm-hmm. Like, we just <laughs> we need a miracle over here. I don't, I don't know. We play yeah. good at the end of the season, you know, but that's that's just like the end of the season, mm-hmm. like, toughing it out. I mean, if they can get Jaw with Ubre and Booker and DeAndre and Mikal. And Josh and all that, I mean, that would be special. But. Yeah, it doesn't seem like – yeah, it seems like they're holding on to DeAndre, and they're they're developing him well, so it's, it's going to mm-hmm. be um, – For be. sure. So, I guess leading to also, I mean, when you played your state championship against Marvin and when he was a freshman, Corona versus Desert Vista, what was it like playing against him and getting to know Marvin? Um – it was it was definitely an experience. You know, he's he's been here since he's been a kid, you know. So I've grown up around him. We've we've been on the basketball scene together for like a long time. Mm-hmm. But um, watching him go from you know a younger kid to a, a high school basketball phenom to like a first round, second round. I mean, first round like second pick. You know, yeah. it was it was like a movie. You know, he 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 deserved it. Mm-hmm. You know, like he worked for it every step of the way, and that was that was one of the kids. I want to say in the city that everybody not necessarily looked up to, but he had a different light about him. You know, he, he worked hard. For sure. His ethic was different. That's so. something, I mean, just seeing him, I mean, he's honest. I mean, he's one of my favorite players. I mean, I love the Jayhawks in terms of college, but, yeah. I mean, mo- my top ten is mostly all Jayhawks except for Marvin. I mean, the hometown guys. I mean, he's something that no matter what area you come from, no matter what, I mean, he's something that's a bright spot. I mean, he's just a strong, God-fearing man that, Plays at his yeah, hardest, yeah. loves the community, loves kids, loves. I mean, he, you can't not like Marvin. Yeah, he's and yeah, especially on the court too. He's like mm-hmm. a basketball anomaly. Like mm-hmm. he he does he does so much at his height, you know, and size. That, yeah, you know, being a nineteen year old kid is crazy. He's impactful in the NBA so much. I know. I mean, I, it's gonna be exciting to see where he goes. I mean, I think that he doesn't get the respect he got this year just because he missed so many games. And of course, there's Luca and guys like Trey Young. But I mean. When you look at him, yeah. at the least he's going to yeah. be a Chris Bosh, a Morris Stoudemire kind of guy, which is Hall of Fame kind of players. Yeah, definitely. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see him develop. He has mm-hmm. a lot of game, you know, and then being around, like, players, you know, that see his potential intangibles mm-hmm. in the league, you know, he'll he'll be around elite company that'll, that'll definitely get his head on right. Oh, yeah, especially, I mean, I'm excited to see what him and Fox and Buddy and Giles and a lot of those guys, Barnes, I mean, they got a special yeah. team out there. But a lot of young guys, yeah, mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, what would you say would be your favorite moment playing at Desert Vista in high school growing up? Uh, being able to play alongside uh people that I, I really care about, like to this day, like Brandon is, you know, if blood would only make us like related, you know. Mm-hmm. I've, I've grown, I've grown so close to him and his family and um, other players on our team. 
that uh there's like a bond that you know can't be broken and mm-hmm. i'm excited to have you know built that with people feeling like i i needed that you know moving out to arizona from milwaukee i yeah. kind of like exiled myself and wanted to focus on basketball but they uh implemented the element of, of like family you know mm-hmm. and it really it really helped out a lot so um motivation wise like i said uh you know, as uh, if you grew up around us and playing basketball, you know this is this is the best time. You know, especially seeing everybody succeed. So. For sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's definitely. I mean, that team. I know I wasn't as aware and all because I was still younger and all. But that's still. A, I mean, that team was one of the best teams in Arizona we've had. I mean, of course, you guys won against once again Corona, which was led by Marvin and all them. But yeah. I mean, that's. You, Brandon Clark, I mean, two guys a lot of people still think talk about in the state in terms of the best basketball yeah. high school players that started this whole wave of talent. I won't say we like changed the the like culture of basketball here, mm-hmm. but uh, what Coach Darden did when he came in our our senior year really, you know, like like a lot of teams, he made us a uh, hungrier. Yeah, you know? For that's sure. that. I don't want to. I don't want to credit that season to why Brandon, you know to like be like what he is because after after that season we played like club and Brandon played like really good but like coach Darden's culture of you know of our team really mm-hmm. really really propelled us to like go to state that year and it was it was just a different culture you know like yeah so I guess we kind of we kind of touched up on that a little bit then but what would you say was the feeling of being able to play state championship game I mean the biggest game Division, the highest division, the two best teams in the state. What was the feeling playing that game? Uh, there's there's nothing like knowing that you're top two mm-hmm. and you could possibly be not two. So uh, once we got to that point, I think why we lost that game was because our heads were at that place. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, you know, we worked. Mm-hmm. Every game was a grind, you know, like even though we had our ups and downs as a team, uh, I think we lost like four games that whole season. Wow, like three, yeah, like three games that whole season, and we were doing tournaments like everywhere. Mm-hmm. We just every everybody bought in, and it wasn't like a role thing. Everybody wanted to win, so yeah. everybody did. You know, everybody used their skill set to the max. Like Brandon played out of his mind that year. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it was nuts. Wow. So. So what would you say would be the very best – who's the best team you play against in terms of the high school teams, not club, just in terms of high school team? Uh, One of the best teams that I played against was uh, Corona, but I can't say that they were the best team that we played against in high school when I was a junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorian Pickens from Stanford played for Pinnacle, bro. Mm-hmm. And they had, uh, like, Drew Bender and, like, this other kid that they – they were just like transition, like scoring machines. Like they would just run the break to shoot three pointers, and that was like what Marvin was. And he was like a one man show. Thank God I didn't have to play against him and Mar- uh, Jordan together <laughs> too much. That would have been a problem. Dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, definitely. I think some of that stuff definitely translates to now the Shadow kind of team. I mean, they play at a level that is almost impossible to play against if you're in state. I mean, Pinnacle is the only team that be- beat them their entire yeah. run. I mean, it was nonstop yeah. press, going after steals, shooting threes, attacking the rim. I mean, they're they were in the best of shape. Mike Bibby got them in incredible shape. Yeah, shout out to the young guys in Arizona, like Nico, mm-hmm, for sure. And, uh, young House, yeah, and all those guys. They're 
they're they're the ones keeping basketball in Arizona alive the way that it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, it can, it's constantly growing. I mean, you look at every age group. There's tons of guys. I mean, there's guys like at Millennium Duran Holmes. I mean, you got the Rock at. Yeah, I mean, all these prep like, schools coming up. Young guys that are just like monsters. Yeah, they like stick out so much in their class. I know. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you it's look like at. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you look at all these. All the ESPN ranking, all the classes, is always these Arizona guys in the top, which is something crazy. Yeah, and then they always play for like the same school together. Mm-hmm. They're like, all teaming you know up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the best part about Arizona, though. Like, if you aren't one of those schools, like we made our championship run and we built that team, you know, mm-hmm. from when we were freshmen to like sophomores mm-hmm. to like when we were juniors to when we were, you know, seniors. Like it was it was a process, and then when junior year rolled around, like at the end, we were like, yeah, we were finally getting the pieces to like actually be able to do this. Yeah. You know? So. For the teams that actually build for a championship, you know, and, and don't rely on getting, like, a good player, you know, mm-hmm. like, building and all of that, like, that's that's actually, like, the, the process is, like, beautiful. Dude. Yeah. Like, I think that's the cool thing, seeing that the way Shadow, I mean, they stayed together all four years and were the most, probably one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant four-year players we've ever seen in Arizona. I mean, won a yeah. state championship for all four years, which is almost and unheard then- of. They did it the four, well. They didn't win all the championships before that, but they did it four years before that too. Mm-hmm. When they had uh, JJ and you know Carlos and all of them. Like, oh they, yeah, yeah. They've always yeah. They've been a basketball powerhouse for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I just. Time. <laughs> I mean, I think just also. I mean, it would have been horrible if that whole story of Mike Dibby came out to be true. But I mean, it sucks that that mm-hmm. seriously had to happen though in that case scenario. But yeah, everybody, you know. Has a story, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, I hope that's not you know a part of his, but that's an unfortunate part of side of the stuff. Like, even if it's not true, mm-hmm. like it kind of takes away from like your achievements and distracts people. So, oh yeah, you know, I hope that as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's a lot of rumors of possibly pursuing a college or MBA job, which I think he's more than qualified to get at some point. If not, I think he's already qualified, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But. Definitely, yeah. No, he has the credentials, and and he's one of the people that I've been around growing up and. On the on the hoop scene, I've been around him, watching him, and he's he's actually seen me play, and talked to me about how I play a few times. But mm-hmm. you know, he's he's a great guy, so you know, For I sure. hope uh, all is well. He definitely deserves it, mm-hmm. like coach jobs, coaching jobs, whether it's collegiate or, or professional. You know, for sure. And I guess my other question I was going to ask: What would be the best player you play against NAZ in the high school scene again? Oh man, that is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I could give you like a top five, probably. All right. Not, not, not in order. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, it would probably be like Zylan, mm-hmm. Zylan, and then uh Marvin, yeah, definitely. Uh, Dorian mm-hmm. Pickens. Uh, who else? Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> I hate, I hate playing against Marcus. <laughs> I was like, did you did you see like his his tape? His tape is like. Against DV, the whole oh, thing. The pair, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's running like cone drills, mm-hmm. bro. I mean, that's what I was gonna say. Like, that's what he's doing in college now too, which is crazy. I mean, for a guy <laughs> that's five foot ten, I think, or like, I know he's under six foot for sure. I mean, he's putting yeah. up historic college numbers at under six foot. I mean, there's no one that does that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's that, that guy. He's a gritter, you know. Mm-hmm. He, he gets it done for sure. Then uh, probably like one more person who. Who would it be? You got Mitch, Saban. 
They were like, I thank God I didn't play against them when they got like older because they really developed into players that I didn't see them like develop yeah. into. Like I knew they were gonna be good, but like Mitch got Kansas good, and like Saban got like league good. Mm-hmm. You know? like, so it's it, I I don't know. Um, I'll probably have to say like. Because I actually had to guard him. Yeah. I didn't have to guard uh, Saban. I'll, I'll probably say Alex. Because mm-hmm. Alex, Alex is a tough guard. Or So, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what he'll do in, like, the next, like, few years. Mm-hmm. Because he was, he was a tough guard when he was, like, a freshman. And that was the last time I played against him. So, yeah. when he develops into, you know, like, a, a real college guard and get, gets his chance. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll be out there a lot. I mean, it's gonna be fun seeing Arizona with all those Arizona guys. I mean, Barcelo, Nico, Terry. I mean, Josh. I mean, all these guys coming out playing from Arizona. Too many of them. Yeah. I mean, you, then you got Jalen House and all these guys going to ASU. You got Blackshear staying home and going to Grand Canyon. I mean, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, the hometown boys finally like everybody stacking up at home. I think we're finally gonna do a. Uh pretty decent over here like gcu asu had a pretty good year yeah for sure and then i know you know u of a is gonna have like a decent year every year oh yeah for sure i mean i just i'm excited yeah. to see what grand canyon does i think they're underrated they're gonna be good soon yeah finally I, i've been waiting for this for a while mm-hmm. and Blackshear's gonna definitely start that off he's gonna make a big name for himself i can promise that much yeah with like carlos and like jj like mm-hmm. leading it like the, the upperclassmen. Mm-hmm, for sure. So then the next thing we can talk about then would be what's the best club team you've ever played against? Uh, When Brandon and I were in high school, we played for uh, the Arizona Warriors. And before it got, like, really popping in Arizona, we were, like, the first team in Arizona on the Under Armour circuit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we played, we played like, D.C. Assault. And uh, we played this team called uh, KC Run, GMC. Mm-hmm. And they, they had this kid that I'm pretty sure he's in college right now. I think his name's like Jimmy Witt or something. Okay. Best score I've ever played against in my life. He's like an inch taller than me, <laughs> and he has he has he has the game that I have. Like he he does like a lot of like dribble pull ups. Yeah. And like change of pace, but like he he jumps so high, <laughs> and I jump high, and I can't like contest his jumper. It was it was insane. For real? Wow. Yeah. It was, he's he's a good player. Mm-hmm. What exactly? Probably. You can go. What was that? No, I said probably, yeah, them. Mm-hmm. Uh, run, Casey Run, GMC or something like that. Yeah. So what would you, how high is your vertical? Uh, The last time I took it, it was 47 and a half inches, and I have, like, a quad injury. Wow. So you're probably around people, 50. <laughs> yeah, people are always, like, kneeing me in the thigh. So uh, <laughs> I'm – Soon, I'm going to go back up to, like, the facility and take it. And, and that's, a, that's an official, like, vertical. Mm-hmm. I took that with uh, Jordan and Marcus' dad, Chuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, that was, like, officially tested. Mm-hmm. So, wow, I'm excited to go back in there, not injured. Yeah, for sure. So, what would be the best club player you've ever played against on the AAU circuit? On the AZ circuit? Or the, uh, just the AAU. Yeah, I didn't really play too much here, mm-hmm. but probably, like, Marvin, you know, like, when we weren't playing together on, like, an all-star team or something. Yeah. Like, I actually played, like, he he played every age group, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was one of those kids that, like, you know, you couldn't get away from. Like, he, he wasn't scared of competition either, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that's, you know. I mean, I know the first time I watched Marvin play, I think I, I, know I was in fifth grade. I think he was a sophomore or something. And I remember we were just watching. I was just finishing up one of my games, and he played right after us. It was back when Power AZ Power was together with like Sundance and all of them. 
And I know he was yeah. on the bench watching our game and all that. Right after we got off, we went and watched him. And I didn't really know who he was. I just knew some kids were taking pictures with him. I mean, he was out there. I think, yeah, he was a freshman. And, I mean, he was just dunking yeah. on everyone. I was like, that's a freshman? <laughs> yeah, no, it's ridiculous. It makes no sense. <laughs> I know. He looked like a man amongst boys, and he's like 15. <laughs> <laughs> but for sure. So I guess we also the next thing we can talk about then would be Going into college, I mean, I know you went to play a couple different colleges. So, what was how would you say your college experience was? Um, oh man, college is like its own experience. There's like ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a place where you gotta work hard, you know, like independently. Yeah. And then like if if you get the help around you, you know, you can really prepare yourself to success. Mm-hmm. And it's not meant for everybody, which I which I learned, you know. Um, I don't think I'm not meant for it, but there's a lot of people that go to that go to school and find out, you know, this is not the place where they want to be if they're trying to be a professional at, mm-hmm. you know, at basketball or football or whatever. For sure. So uh, I don't know. Everybody everybody finds a path, but school is always the way to go. You know, mm-hmm. you get your education before you do anything, and that would be your fallback. Yeah, so. for sure. So my next thing would be, how, who, was there a player necessarily that you modeled your game around growing up? Or still do? Oh, yeah, definitely. This is my this farewell was so sad to me this year. Wait, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I like because seeing seeing LeBron, you know, being able to still play basketball, and seeing like Melo and everybody else like dwindle. Yeah, especially like Wade because I like model my game after. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a testament to like you know like. Everybody can't stay healthy forever, and everybody can't be athletic forever, which is why I'm trying to make it happen while, you know, I can. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, D-Way, I mean, to see what the, he did, I mean, he still could play, like he said, two or three more years, but he also, I think it was on a Jimmy Kimmel show or something. I mean, he talked about, he's like, exactly, I want I want to retire and everyone's still thinking I could play, <laughs> which, yeah. unlike Vince Carter and Durek or some of these guys, but. <laughs> yeah, some people, like, force it to the end. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to feel like I have to play basketball until I can't play no more, you know, mm-hmm. I want to. I want to. I want to take my uh, love for the game, and be able to put it away and come back to it. You know, if I want to. Yeah, for sure. So my next thing would be, have you ever considered becoming a professional dunker? Uh, definitely. Um, I worked with Kenny Dobbs a lot uh, doing the charity events and stuff. Yeah. So I've been doing with him. Uh, he he worked with me a lot on dunking, and uh, I won't say that I'm I'm like stubborn or hard headed or anything, but like. Uh, he he focuses on on uh just like you know getting the ball in the rim, which is which is like destroying your wrist. And I don't dunk like that, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm just naturally like able to get in the air. And I don't know, like I'm not necessarily a trick dunker. I'm like an in-game dunker. But mm-hmm. so, for sure, I mean, I know like once again, seeing your mixtape and all. I mean, you're like that Donovan Mitchell kind of thing. That's just like you just explode crazy above like the rim. It's not like necessarily doing the stuff like Zach Levine kind of stuff or that kind of stuff. It's more like the Wiggins, Donovan Mitchell kind of stuff. It just yeah. you can go up on anyone. Yeah. And your pace, yeah. I try to if – I'm, if I'm not around you, I'm above you, mm-hmm. you know. For so. sure. So then what would you say would be your best dunk or your favorite dunk that you can do? Uh, I got some ducks on the way uh, on my IG, but uh, I've, I've, been, I've been working on some – some crazy stuff. Probably the the three sixty either between the legs or behind the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, behind the back, you really, I really got to try that one to like get loose. You know, mm-hmm. 
Okay. Between the legs, I, I've come in the gym and like done that like right off the like putting on my shoes and stuff. For real, wow. It's probably, like, yeah, it's <laughs> it's scary sometimes. I've like scared people like coming in the gym. Like I don't know if you saw it yesterday, but like when uh, I went to go work out with Brandon. Oh yeah. yeah. Before I actually before I even put on my shoes, I had on like King Griffey's and I mm-hmm. dunked like hard, bro. Those shoes are like four pounds each. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So who would you say is the better dunker between you and Brandon? Um, uh, probably me. He's just he he's taller. I'm not gonna say he's not athletic because that kid has a vertical out of this world. Mm-hmm. But um, he right now we were just uh dunking actually <laughs> when he was uh getting some shots up mm-hmm. at, at a school over here, and he was like, "Bro, after the season, I just feel so groggy." Like he doesn't he he wasn't even jumping that much. Yeah, so he comes back in like yeah, a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Don't underestimate him. Though. I don't want to make it seem like he can't jump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it makes me fun to watch him in the NBA. Yeah, but I can't even tell him I'm a dunk on him because that's like everybody's like trademark to him now. <laughs> like, bro, you're not gonna dunk on Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if Zion couldn't do it, I don't think too many people will. <laughs> yeah, like or even attempt. You gonna get up there and be like, I was a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. So I guess we kind of talked about this too a little bit. So what would you say would be your dream path from here on out? Is it playing NBA or would it be professional dunker or what? Uh, ultimately, I want to play professional basketball, so the goal is still, like, NBA, but um, I have some tryouts coming up for, like, some some uh, opportunities as far as the basketball overseas and hopefully here, you know, yeah. so I'm trying to put in the work to focus on those, but the, the, the ultimate goal is to, is to play NBA, you know, professional dunking, you know, uh, if it comes to it, you know, I don't I don't want to say I don't want to do it, Yeah, but it's definitely something I would do on the side, but my primary focus is to be the best basketball player I can be versus being the best dunker, you know? Mm, for sure. So then my next thing I'm going to say, talking about, I mean, we've talked a lot about all the players already had to have been in college, now with the NBA, and then the guys up and coming. What would you say advice to all those guys that are up and coming AZ stars, like in terms of what they should do, what they should work on, and choosing college and so on? Don't stop. Whatever, you know what I'm saying, you want to do, Work at it regardless of what people tell you. Mm-hmm. As long as you put in the work, you know, you got the work ethic. For sure. Um, you skill yourself around the stuff that you need to, you know, you come, you become like well, well rounded in the things that you need to be good at. There's no way you can't succeed, you know, one way or another, mm-hmm. especially in what you're trying to pursue, you know. Yeah, for sure. Stay, stay relentless. That's, that's my advice, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, just some other questions now. I mean, obviously, the NCAA tournament finished up, but who would you say is your favorite NCAA team, or do you have one? Uh, My whole life, I've been, like, a North Carolina fan. Okay. So, uh, but the past few years, uh, I've just been rooting for, for the team that Brandon's been on or the team that the hometown guy's been on. Like, mm-hmm. when Marvin was at Duke, I wanted Duke to win. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, that's something that – I mean, that game was so tough in the lead eight with Marvin and all. I mean, playing Kansas, I mean, like I said, can't use my favorite team – since I've, I mean, I was born into my family's from there and all. I mean, I, my baby picture was taken in a Jayhawk outfit, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. and then you add on the fact that Mitch is on the team. And I know him really, really well and all. And yeah. obviously, he's from Arizona. And then he's playing Marvin, my one of my favorite, my guys I've grown up admiring and all. I mean, that game was tough. Definitely uh, drawn on both sides. And I was like, I, my prayer was KU wins, but Marvin destroys, which happened, thankfully. But <laughs> yeah. But so, who would you say would be your favorite NBA team and favorite NBA player? 
Uh, man, right now, I want to say my favorite NBA player is probably Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. So, my favorite NBA team, oh, man, uh, the Bucks. I'm, I'm a hometown guy. Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Uh, For sure. So that is, I'm so happy to be seeing them play as well. Oh, yeah, it's fun. So who do you think is going to win the Eastern Conference then? Definitely them. Mm-hmm. They better win. <laughs> I'll be so mad. Giannis has – this is his MVP season. So oh, yeah. I, I think he has a trip to the championship in the bag, but I don't, I don't know if they're going to win. Though. Yeah, I mean, you think Golden State's power going to win it? <laughs> Dude, nobody can beat them. It doesn't matter if they have three superstars or four super or one. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just too good of, like, a team. Yeah, I know. I mean, with the chemistry and the fact that they do have so many more superstars than anyone could even think of, I mean – yeah, like they lose one and everybody's like, all right, now they're back to the 73 and 9. <laughs> I know. No. It's, yeah, there's not. I mean, and they added on Bogut, which already has super, I mean, more experience than probably most people in the NBA get to have. So, won a championship with them already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... I mean, they, Iggy Dollar still, I mean, all of a sudden he's was horrible at the entire regular season. All of a sudden he's averaging a double digits again. <laughs> but they just, yeah, they, they play too good as a team. It's going to be hard to stop them. Mm-hmm. So the last question I'd like to ask is, how would you say that God's helped shape and impact your playing career and your basketball career so far? I mean, everything that I do, you know, he steered me on this path as far as basketball, you know, and that's, I feel like that's my calling, not necessarily to success, mm-hmm. but uh, for my future, you know, like, um, it's it's something that's moguling me to be able to do the stuff that I want to do. Mm-hmm, for sure. So basketball won't be my ceiling you know like I'll, I'll actually be able to venture out and not only help people mm-hmm. and help others but you know be able to bring joy to people you know I know I do a lot of stuff with like basketball but and even with like charities and stuff but I really want to have like an impact mm-hmm, for in sure. the future. I mean that's something that all athletes anyone that's in any profession most likely it's not it's not going to last forever at some point is going to come to an end if it's retirement when you're 60 or something or when you retire from whatever it is. I mean, that's the thing I, I love seeing that like guys, once again, like Marvin and all that pursue rap and pursue community stuff and just truly yeah. live the path that God has. Yeah, no, but it's definitely a blessing. I, I think, I mean, you know, like this natural ability to be able to jump, you know, is all, all glory is given to him. For sure. You know? And then being able to play this basketball game, you know, every day, you know, as much as I can, you know, put in the work that I can, you know, all, all things is still home. You know? mm-hmm. For sure, bro. Well, it's truly been a privilege having you on. I just want to wish you the best of luck throughout whatever God's path is for you. If it is playing professional, wherever, becoming a dunk, professional dunker, whatever it is, I know God's got a good path for you, and you're always welcome back, bro. Thanks, man. Same to you. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to speak to me. Oh, yeah, no problem. Anytime, bro. There's a new king in the NBA. Who is that? You're going to have to stay tuned to see who I believe is the new king in the NBA. Because it's no longer LeBron James, I can tell you that much. There is someone that has rise to the top. Next topic I'm going to get into is who is the best player in the NBA? Well, most people would say LeBron James. That's the way the media perceives it. LeBron James is the best player. Maybe your opinion is Steph Curry because he's the most likable player. Well, I have something to say, folks. There's a new king in the NBA. If y'all might have catch my my uh, stuff I do, my nightly recaps on YouTube or my Instagram TV, you guys would hear what I said. 
But there's two new kings, in my opinion, that's overtaking LeBron James because of the fact he did not make the playoffs. If you're the best player, you cannot be the best player in the NBA, plain and simple. That's a disgrace to the players that are great. The guys on my list right now, the two guys are for sure in front of them, is Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kevin Durant. Plain and simple. You might, I might get a lot of slack for this. I don't care. Not one bit. I do think Kevin Durant's the best player right now because of the fact that he has such an elite, pure touch scoring, shooting ability from three, from the pull-up game, and he's athletic, and he defends at a high level. Now, can Giannis get to that point? Without a doubt. There is nothing in my mind that says Giannis Antetokounmpo cannot become the best or isn't even the best player or not. It is still a tough debate, but I have to say Kevin Durant is the best as of this moment in time. Look at the way he's dominating. Not saying Giannis, once again, isn't, but the fact that he has the scoring game along with all these other parts of his game is something special we have never really seen. I've talked about this a little bit earlier in the show. He needs a championship by leading a team to truly get his name into that high level, and he will do it. I promise you Kevin Durant will do it. He needs to do it, though. Giannis will have the chance to do it. He has this per- Giannis is in the perfect situation. I would be shocked if they don't get an extension done soon with Giannis Antetokounmpo once he's eligible. This is a perfect scenario. Bless is a very solid all-star kind of point guard. Middleton is an all-star. Brooke Lopez is an all-star caliber center. Uh, you've got so many different pieces that are great. you got Nikola Miritich. You have a very well-surrounding crew out there in Milwaukee. Right? And Malcolm Bryant. That's what I'm also I'm forgetting. He has a very good, all these great pieces, and you can be the star player that can win a championship, which I do believe Milwaukee will be able to do at some point if this team stays together. Also good pieces like Gigi Wilson and, other, and Pat Connaughton, which I'm loving. He's playing a big time in this postseason. And Dante. All these guys have great young talent. Sterling Brown, so on and so on. But Giannis doesn't have an elite, one-of-a-kind, or even that really great of a three-point stroke or mid-range. His mid-range is about a lot better this year. And he is starting to take, this is what I respect about him. Difference between him and ben, ben Simmons. I love Ben Simmons in terms of he's a good player. He will be great in the future. But he doesn't attempt threes. The thing I love about Giannis is he's not a great three-point shooter. For most of the season, he was one of the worst in NBA history. But he comes out and performs at a high level every time and tries attempting at least one or two threes a game. That is going to make you better for now in the playoffs when he goes and makes two threes in a game. He, perks, he pushes himself to the limits. I love the kid. Nothing makes me happier. That's why I love my Brooklyn Nets. They push themselves every last one of them. Giannis works his butt off every single day he gets in that gym, and it shows off. He's worked his butt off in the weight room since he got drafted. He's worked his hardest everything, even the, all the obstacles. The show, Finding Giannis, was a spectacular documentary by NBA TV. Displayed his entire thing. He won't be a part of Space Jam, which I'm going to talk about my Space Jam cast I'd love to see. But he won't be a part of Space Jam because he wants to work in the gym all summer. He want, He has that... Anger and that intensity as why the NBA is getting back to the level it once was at in terms of intensity, along with Silver's great ruling behind it. But yes, I have Kevin Durant, then Giannis, and then LeBron James up there with Steph Curry. It's so debatable. Harden, I understand that's so hard because he doesn't have all-around game. He's an elite scoring guy, but he doesn't have the capabilities of Giannis and Durant and all those guys just because athleticism, height, length, all that. And Bede's in that mixture, without a doubt. There's so many other guys you can talk about. But LeBron's really not anymore the best player. He's definitely debatable. You cannot say LeBron James is without a doubt the best player in the NBA. You cannot. That's that's outlandish to even believe that. LeBron James is questionably the best player. But in my opinion, he's about the third right now battling with Steph Curry. And Anthony Davis is then, but you guys know my respect for him. I lost a lot. I don't know what level he will be at because of the fact he can't even lead a team with other all-stars like Drew Holiday, Miritich at the time, Randall, Alfred Payne, a very solid guy. Can't, win, go to, can't even go to the playoffs and win games like that. That's what I gotta say. So that's who I do believe is the best player. Kevin Durant, followed by Giannis, and then LeBron with the battle of others. 
the NBA is deeper, getting more and more talent every single time. And this is what I got saying. It can change. LeBron can get back to that place. But right now, this is what's going down. And I truly do believe these are the top player. And there is a new king in the NBA, folks. The new king is Kevin Durant. And the prince is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Not Ben Simmons. The prince is Giannis. That's what I got to say, folks. I know you guys have all been watching the NBA playoffs this past week. And a lot of big stuff has happened and gone down that you guys are not going to want to miss what I have to say about it and my breakdown and who will still advance. Stay tuned. I wouldn't be going anywhere. Trust me. Western Conference here. I'm first going to start off with the three or the four versus the five seed, which was Boston versus Indiana. And obviously, I'm going to start with that because it's a sweep. Boston's the first team to advance to the second round, the conference semifinals, with a 4 0 sweep. This past round, Boyan was the best player by far for Indiana. Tyreek Evans did step up big time, which he has in the whole season, but he still averaged about 15 points a game this round. Miles Turner was a disappointment except for the dunk on Hayward, and Nick Darren Collison went downward a lot. Sabonis so dissolved into something that no one really understood what happened to Monta Sabonis. As for Boston, Kyrie had sensational games. Tatum showed up big time in a few games. Hayward had a big time game today, even though he was dunked on it with a 20-point game. Marcus Morris showed up big time. Rozier had a couple games. It was an all-around team effort. Horford played big. Jalen Brown had some big games. But the real test will come against Milwaukee, which I believe Milwaukee was still advanced. They're going to sweep Detroit, and Milwaukee would then go and beat Boston Celtics in the next round advance to the Eastern Conference Championship. Leading into that, I'm going to talk about this. Detroit finally got Blake Griffin back for their first game. He played great. Drummond, I don't know what happened to Andre Drummond so far. Yes, he's still getting double-doubles, but it's not the level we need. Luke Kennard was the only really bright spot that showed up big time for them. Reggie Jackson was solid. Thon Maker was a disappointment. But Milwaukee, Giannis hasn't even had to play that many minutes. His numbers are still great, but he hasn't had to play. It's been an all-around effort between the five stars and even bench games like Pat Conch showing up big time. As for Philadelphia and Brooklyn, obviously you guys know that this series has got very intense with big rivalries and heated tensions have been brewing. And on Tuesday, it's going to be a big-time game in Philadelphia. If Philly wins... Brooklyn goes home. If not, we go. they go back to Barclays. Dudley was, of course, fined 25K along Sean Marks, 25K, and a, f- a suspension for a game. Jimmy Butler was fined 25K, and the NBA did say that Jared Allen was indeed wrapped up in foul by Tobias Harris in the final play, which truly does not mean anything, because when you think about it, what good does an apology say when it could have just cost a single season, a game, and all that for a team? It's happened way too often in the NBA this season. I do believe that's the big weakness that Silver must fix this upcoming season. Why do the refs have to keep apologizing, not just to Brooklyn, but to so many teams out there, as to they mess up a call in the very in the final two minutes of a crunch time? That could detour so many things from a playoff seeding to the playoff game to an entire season. Things need to change in the refing. This, this season has been a disaster for refs as much as it was in the NFL this past year. That being said, a big game will happen with rising tensions and heated rivalries will continue in that game. I can guarantee multiple technicals will be hanging it out. Not sure if Ed Davis will be back or not, or if MB will be playing. I do expect MB to play, though. And then the next game, Orlando versus Toronto. I obviously say it was a very big disappointment. Kawhi showed up big time. Siakam played a solid game. Lowry has not been that himself this series, but he, he really hasn't had it in a lot of these games. The first game, he was horrible, and that's why they lost, obviously. But Norman Powell stepped up big time. Orlando has earned my respect, though. In a lot of ways. I'm not sure why Jonathan Isaac did only play 14 minutes tonight and didn't score. But Vucevic has been a very big disappointment for guys like Aaron Gordon. Stepped up big time this game. We know the thing obviously did. He's going to get a pay raise this summer. 
Clifford still got him to the great point and got a win in Toronto in Jurassic World, Jurassic Park, which you cannot take away from them. Very much so a very impressive game and a very impressive time. That's what I want to say about the Eastern Conference. Now let's jump right into the Western Conference. Houston versus Utah is a 3-0 series. Obviously, Harden has worst offensive display he's ever had. Houston had about 12 fouls more than Utah had for the majority of the game, with Chris Paul having five fouls, Harden having four, and then five, and they played through and got the W. I'm not sure if Utah is going to win another game. They might be swept. I'm shocked. In the beginning of the year, you guys know, I thought Utah was going to the conference championship. But once again, Houston is showing up because Harden, for the rest of the series, has been spectacular. Utah, Donovan Mitchell something special. You guys know I love the kid. He's something going to be great, along with Rudy Gobert. I'm not sure why favorites came off the bench last game. I disagree with that. I do hope that they have Dante Exum appear at some point. They need Exum back. I hope he gets healthy this summer. I don't know if it will happen, but he, alongside Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, could become an elite young trio. Grayson Allen has looked good in a lot of games. He had, I believe he had 14 points the other night. He's coming. He's a great player. Let's get to the next one that just finished up. Portland versus Oklahoma, the last game of this weekend. Portland won, taking a 3-1 lead against Oklahoma. Billy Donovan will be fired, folks. Truly, even if they come back from the 3-1 deficit, which won't happen, and not unless they go to the NBA Finals, will he get fired? I'm the end of the year, I thought he should have been fired. That was my prediction. I thought Thibodeau, I thought Fred Hoiberg, and I thought him he would be fired. So far, true, those are right. He will join that list. I promise you. If Oklahoma keeps him, it'll be a massive disappointment. He's not equipped to coach a team. I don't know how you have a team with Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Jeremy Grant, Stephen Adams, and they're losing. I think Stephen Adams needs to get more inserted. This he's scoring six points. I don't even know if he had that with just his whole postseason yet. And Mark Cuban needs more than four minutes a game. When he plays, he's, he had eight points in about five and a half minutes tonight, and they didn't play him any more than that. I don't understand why. He is not. He is, Billy Donovan needs to be fired and get out of Oklahoma right away. It is not a good place for him. It's ridiculous that he's even in here. It's brainless for Sam Presti, as much as I like him. For him to keep his head coaching job. He needs to get a new head coach and then knows how to coach these guys. I, this is someone that I'm shocked at ever think I'd be saying this. But the one coach I think that fits the system besides Monty Williams or someone would be Tom Thibodeau. Because those guys in Oklahoma are all guys that play with heart. Push, push themselves to the limit just like a Jimmy Butler would. Westbrook, we know how much of a dog he can act like. And he just wants to be pushed and push himself to the limits. Paul George, same thing. Jeremy Grant, same thing. Obviously, Marquise, if he stays there, Steven Adams, we know, is a man of the man, and so on and so on down that list. They want to be pushing. He's the only coach that I could see them actually working, and they like playing a lot of minutes. Those guys don't like coming out of games anyways. So, that's who I saw higher. He's a big-name guy. Next series is the Denver versus San Antonio, which might just be going to the only one truly going to Game 7, after I thought a lot more of these would. Heck of a series of two chemistry battle teams with a lot of foreign players. Michael Malone's putting up a heck of a performance coming back and winning that game. It could go down to Game 7, just like I predicted. Now, this is, I think San Antonio will still come away with the win because of experience. But I think there's a common theme here that I don't think, I understand why coaches don't, this is one part I don't get. When Jamal Murray shoots about eight, five, eight shots or under, they lose. When Derek White doesn't shoot a lot of shots, they lose. And it's not that hard for why when both, when Derek White shoots a lot, we saw what happened. DeRozan shot way too much. I understand the emotions got caught up, which led to him being ejected by throwing the ball at the ref, which... I don't know why he did that. I was blatantly stupid. I think he knows that that was ridiculous. But, excuse me from saying this, Popovich has made a big mistake. Let Derek White shoot the ball. The way he put up 36 points in a dominating win against Denver, let the kids shoot the ball. I know he doesn't like putting in young guys' hands, a second-year player that didn't even play much his first year. Let him be the go-to scorer, even though you got two All-Stars there. 
he can dominate a game. And I've said this for a long time on high I am on him. You need to let him score. Him, Lonnie Walker, and DeJounte Murray will be special, but Derek White is a star right now. Let him be the go-to guy. As for Denver, Jokic will do his thing. Millsap needs to get his game back. I don't know what happened since that first game. I love the Torrey Craig edition for Wilt Barton. I said Wilt Barton will not be a member of Denver next year, along with Gary Harris. Malik Beasley should be starting too, but that they did win a game, so you're not going to change it up. But John Murray needs to shoot. I think I think he's overrated, but I think he's a very, very, very good young player, and he needs more reps. Next, last game I'm going to talk about is the last game of this series, Golden State versus the Clippers. You cannot give enough props to Doc Rivers once again. 3-1, to one, a close game once again. The rookie, Shea Jones Alexander, has shown up tremendously. Shaman's had a couple good games. Robinson even contributed to have double digits tonight, last tonight, I believe, were seven points. Gonarish was a solid game. I don't know why Zubash did not score after having an 18-15 and 15 game. Lou Williams in the bench was out. Right, just ridiculous. And I don't know what happened to them. This was the worst game I think they had of this season, at least since they've been a member of the Clippers. Things need to change, but Golden State, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Curry, they're at a whole other level. Even without Boogie, they're, they're just flying through them. They truly are an elite level, and yes, Clippers will stop them, but it's going to be great to see Houston versus Golden State the next round. Don't Stay tuned. There could be another week or so left of this playoffs, but get ready. The first round is about to wrap up. Get ready for the second round, and depending on when the second, the first round ends, I might have a second round preview. But without further ado, I will be either Will Shaw and or Jason Harris next week on the Shoes Views episode nine and ten. Get ready, because they're not going to want to miss those either. You guys know what's coming up. The very favorite topic of everyone out there: Shoes Zone. You're not going to want to miss it. Trust me. I'm going to hit up all the topics that the media did not give enough attention to this past week or that I just want to bring to the air. Trust me. Stay right there. You're not going to want to miss it. Shoe Zone coming up next. First topic of Shoe Zone I'm going to bring up right now is something that a lot of people, and I've talked about last episode on the Mitch Lightfoot one, is that these high school players might be coming straight out of high school. Well, we have one of our first examples in Jalen LeCue. He has officially declared for the NBA draft. He was only a four-star recruit, which I do not agree with. Being a four-star, you should not just go straight from high school to the NBA. The, M- the NCAA is a high developmental time for basically everyone besides the top players, but he is going in there. I disagree 100% with this. Cool, you're going in. Will you get drafted? Probably not. Just being it real. Why would you go out there? I think it's outlandish. It's ridiculous. It's illogical to even consider this. Why? Just so you can get the attention on the Bleacher Report or something? No. Go to college, get your free education for a couple of years at least, and develop and see what you can do at another level. You can't go from high school to the NBA just like that unless you are a phenom and a freak athlete. You're not even five-star. You're out of the top, like, 30 out of recruits. You need to go back. Go to college. This is ridiculous. This is why they need to make a limit of who can decide if you're an elite prospect or not to go straight to the NBA. To me, say something. Ridiculous. A four-star should not have any business going straight to the NBA. Enjoy. You're not going to get drafted. Hopefully, then you can go to college, but you might be going overseas for the, next few, for the rest of your life. It's a big mistake coming up for him. Next topic I want to talk about is Jason Tatum. He recently said something saying, I must be doing something right. That was in regards to the fact of his trade rumors and getting Anthony Davis. A guy Jason Tatum should not be in the trade block, let me say that. Yeah, I know my outlook on Anthony Davis. He's a great player, a phenomenal player, but he doesn't have the leadership. I would not trade off the boatload of Tatum, Brown, Rogier. Smart, some one of your either Kyrie Horford or Tate or um, yeah, one of them or and tons of picks all for someone like Anthony Davis. That's way too much for him. For a guy that you might only have for one year, by the way. But no, David Griffin's going in there. He's gonna take over, 
and it's going to be a big-time show. Also, just while we're talking about that real quick, being hired, I think if Minnesota hires Trajan Langford, it's going to be an incredible move. He's going to keep Ryan Saunders, and he'll make the right move, and Minnesota will be special once again. Trust me. But Tatum going to New Orleans, I like it. I'll take Boston's package over LA's any day. Ingram is great, but will he be back? I don't know. Lonzo's got so many health injuries. And something I do want to bring up real quick, I'll talk about more once again in my offseason preview in a few months. But Lonzo Ball, my preferred place for him is going to the Chicago Bulls. I don't think they can get John Moran or someone. They need a point guard. Tristan's not the guy. Go get Lonzo Ball. Go send them over some assets, some picks. Send them over your pick from this year. Get yourself Lonzo Ball to have a core. Lonzo, Levine, Otto Porter, Lauren Market, and Wendell Carter Jr. Y'all forgetting about Denzel Valentine. They still got him off the bench. Chandler Hutchinson. They've got a lot of core pieces that are very special. And I do believe that they get that point guard like Lonzo that can facilitate and allow Levine to go to work. Get Otto Porter spotted up. Let him get the ball to Market and Wendell Carter. That's a special team. Jim Boylan would have a crew. That's the move I think that they can get with Lonzo out there. Phoenix also made a statement, somewhat a unanimous person from the Phoenix front office, that they will take John over Zion, the preferred person. Great. Thank you. That's why I've been saying. I think that's what everyone knows. Zion's probably the best player, but Jaw's the most needed player for the Phoenix Suns. Get John Morant on your team, and you got a screw going on right there. Next topic. Once again, yes, we are talking about the LA Lakers. I know. Pat Riley has been talked to by Buss about coming over to become the new general manager and president of basketball operations for the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, let me tell you guys something. He said reportedly that he declines it. Does not mean that that's not going to happen between between closed doors, but we all know how that works for L.A. Closed doors means open doors and open media. So we'll find out sooner or later. But if I'm Pat Riley, I would be harder to the offer up. We know he knows how to build a team and make a consistently great team, and that is the man I've been saying. They need an air or Doc Rivers or a general manager like Pat Riley to come in, and that could change the L.A. Lakers. I think it would be great hire, but getting Pat Riley off of Miami, his home, the place he loves, the place on the beach where he's got built his own self a mansion, where he has got a family out there, where he gets was barely any money to live there in terms of income money. I cannot disagree. I don't think he's going to leave, but it would be a great hire if L.A. can do that. All props. They also will now do Tyrone Lue and Monty Williams. We'll have a second interview in the coming days. That's from I like Monty Williams once again. He needs a head coaching job somewhere in this league. No one deserves it more than Monty Williams. Give the man a head coaching job. Next topic. I saw this on somewhere on social media, and I looked into it more. Here's your top five rising scorers in the NBA this year. Led by Skelcom, he improved by 9.65 points per game. C.D. Osman was second with 9.14 improvement. John Collins was 8.98. Malik Beasley had an 8.16 points per game improvement, and fifth was JaVale McGeary, 7.19. Notice none of the guys were D'Angelo Russell, but once again, D'Angelo's not because of just that. He greatly improved all stats lines, I believe he was five points per game more, but he took his game to a whole other level in terms of leadership, getting into the playoffs, and took his game from a subpar player with who knows what's going on, to not even getting an extension kind of talk deal done, to becoming a max all-star superstar, in my opinion, in this playoffs kind of player. That's for that. Now, one fun topic I want to talk to you guys about is the Space Jam cast. There's been a lot of talks on First Take, Get Up, all kinds of sports shows have been talking about who will be on this Space Jam cast because they will start filming this summer. Obviously, LeBron James is there. Stephen A. had a good point. Boban, Joel B would be great. But here's what I think. Boban's already doing John Wick 3. It comes out in a couple of months, or a couple of weeks, actually, and I'm excited as heck to see that movie. But... 
Here's what I think. You gotta have the banana boat, brothers. Can you not? A great Kamar Price, who was on the couple, on the third episode. I think he had a great point on Twitter. He talked. Me and him were talking about it. Have this. It's gonna be a mix between the Kyrie movie Uncle Drew and the Last Space Jam. Have a mix between that and the Banana Boat Brothers. Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, Carmelo, and LeBron. Tell me you wouldn't want to see that. Even that and Chris Bosh. I'm down. That would be a great crew and a great show to watch. Then, you could also go with someone like... Of course, everyone would love to see Giannis, but that's not happening. He's going to go grind because he doesn't care about the media. He's about getting better and surpassing LeBron, if he already has. But he wants to become the best player surpassing my new king and Kevin Durant. That being said, you could do that. My other option would be going with Joel Embiid and Boban. That, you can't go wrong with two of the most giant, funny guys in the NBA. That would be a great show. Great for everyone to want to see. That's what I want to say. It's not going to be the Lakers. Sorry, Lonzo. Sorry, Kuzma. Sorry, Ingram. I know you guys keep talking about what you guys want to be on it and asking LeBron. You're not getting on it. That is what it is. Another cool thing would be, I'm sure it's going to happen anyways, is at some point LeBron James and his family will be in the movie. And this the entire family at some point, and they're not going to have a major role, but he's going to have his family some way involved in the movie, which would be cool to see a family, because we all know LeBron's and a perfect family man, a great husband, a great father, and we all got to get props to him on that. That's what I got for today on Shoes Zone. You guys aren't going to want to miss it next week, so I'm always going to have it, bringing in the hottest topics that the media did not cover or I want to bring to light. Catch you guys next week on Shoes Zone. I'm so glad that Shoes Views could once again be a part of your week. This does, in fact, include Shoes Views Episode 8, though. If you want to get involved with Shoes Views, go and follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Zach Shoemaker, or subscribe to my YouTube channel at Shoes Views Zach Shoemaker, or like my Facebook page at Shoes Views. Also, I don't ever want to have you guys have to miss a Shoes Views episode, so please go and subscribe to my podcast or like it, depending on the platform, so that you don't ever have to miss it, because you'll be notified or get alerts. Please leave a five-star review or leave a comment depending on how much you like shoes views. Also, go check out my YouTube channel or my Instagram TV so you guys can check out my nightly NBA updates and recaps so you guys can stay involved and up-to-date on the NBA throughout the week. I truly cannot wait to see you guys again next week as I hit up many more hot topics with some very special guests that you're not going to want to miss. I'm your host, Zach Shoemakers. I'm out. Be the light and God bless.